running after you. Run into his arms. He's running after you. I'm going to sing of the goodness of God. I'm going to sing. He's running after you. He's running after you. He's running after you. I know there's someone in here. He's running after you and you're running away. You're running away. Run back to him. He's running after you. He's running after you. He's running after you. Come on. Run to his arms. Run into his arms. guys will just take your hand and put it on the shoulder of someone next to you right now and you may not be one that prays you may not be one that that you're comfortable doing this but I just want you to reach over to that person next to you and just start praying for them just pray blessing into them right now you don't know what they're dealing with they may want to tell you they may not but I just want you to pray 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 for that person next to you speak life into them Speak blessing into them right now, Father. We know you're moving in this room right now, God. You are touching hearts right now in the midst of worship. And Father, right now we are praying one for another, God. Whatever we're dealing with, whatever we're struggling with in this room, Father, we are not doing it alone. Father, we are here to encourage each other, to lift each other up. So Father, whatever the need is this morning, whatever people are struggling with, whatever people are going through, Father, remind them that you're right there with them in the midst of it, God. You've not left them. You've not forsaken them, Father. You are right there with them in the middle of the fire right now. And God, I pray that they remember the goodness of God. They remember your goodness, Father, that you have never left them, God. You've never left them alone, Father, that they can look back and see your goodness all throughout their life, Father. And Lord, I just pray right now for your Holy Spirit to move inside of them, Father. Let them know, Father, without a shadow of a doubt that you are with them and you will bring them through this as well, Father. Lord, I praise you and I thank you for your goodness right now today, God. I thank you for your son that you sent to die on a cross for each one of us here today, God, and the ones watching online, Father. I pray that you make yourself real to the people in this room right now, God. Make yourself real to them, Father. Let them know how much they are loved, Father. They are not alone in this world. They are not alone and we have a hope in Jesus. We have a hope in Jesus in the midst of this. And Lord, we praise you and we thank you for that right now. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for our brothers and sisters in Christ in this room this morning, God. We thank you that each life is valuable inside this house right now, God. There's so much value. And Lord, let them be remembering that, Father, right now in this moment that you love them and you value them and you have purpose for them, God. I praise you and I thank you right now, Jesus, for who you are. I praise you right now, Jesus, for who you are. Let's just sing through that one more time as we continue on in worship. Let's sing through that one more time. Sing it out, church. Sing it out. Sing it to him. All our lives, God.
give him a shout this morning. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. Praise your name, Jesus. We praise your name, Jesus. Praise your name, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus, for all you do for us. We thank you in the good times and the bad, Father. We just thank you that you are with us. You are with us and you are for us, not against us. I praise you for that this morning. And God, I thank you for Orchardville Church. I thank you for every, every heart that's represented here today, Father. The ones that know you, the ones that may not. Lord, I pray before they leave, they come to know you. And this love that we're singing about, this love that we're shouting about, it is the best, most everlasting love that we can experience. Most powerful love. And we thank you for it this morning. Amen. Just hug somebody's neck before you're seated. Greet some people around you. Thank the Lord for them. Amen, amen, amen. What a great God that we serve. I gave somebody a hug earlier and I got a sweater in my mouth. <laughs> Thought I got it out before I got up here, but the Lord still works through the sweater mouth. Amen. <laughs> Sorry, sometimes I'm a little goofy just the way God made me. <laughs> me too. Sarah does too. Oh, goodness. The goodness of God. Amen. Just a few things before I get started this morning. Uh, Philip and Connie Lewis. Look at him right here in the middle. Look at these guys right here. 60 years. 60 years of marriage. Huh? Yeah. Don't stop there. Right behind them, Miss Mary, she is 92 this week. 92. <laughs> don't tell me this church don't love people. I'll tell you what. Amazing, amazing. 60 years of marriage. Sarah, we can make it. It'll be 22 for us in July, but, you know, we can make it. 92. Mary's still really active and everything too, so praise the Lord for that. All right. What makes a great church? We're going to talk about this for two or three weeks. And uh, what did I say? What makes a great church? Church great? You know, just flip them around, whatever. What makes a church great? <laughs> mm-hmm. So I'm asking you, what makes a church great? Jesus, love, respect, compassion makes a church great. Huh? Charity, faithfulness, empathy, love, obedience. Yeah, an average pastor. <laughs> Fellowship. Good. You guys got some good answers. 
Some I agree with. Some I'm going to say, is that really what makes us great? So, we're going to talk about this the next few weeks again. What makes a church great? (laughs) I'm going to keep mixing up those words, I'm sure. Um, Let's go to Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1 this morning. All great answers, by the way. All things that show the love of Jesus is plentiful in Orchardville Church or any other church for that matter. Romans chapter 1, and we're going to be in verses 8 through 15. 8 through 15. It says, first I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all, that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his Son, that without ceasing I make mention of you always in my prayers, making request if, by some means, now at last I may find a way in the will of God to come to you. For I long to see you, that I may impart to you some spiritual gift, so that you may be established." That is, that I may be encouraged together with you by the mutual faith both of you and me. Verse 13, Now I I do not want you to be unaware, brethren, that I have often planned to come to you, but was hindered until now, that I might have some fruit among you also, just as among the other Gentiles. I am a debtor both to Greeks and to the barbarians, both to wise and to unwise, So as much as is in me, I am ready to preach the gospel to you who are in Rome also. Now, I want to lock in this morning on verse 8 that said, right off the bat, first, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all that your faith is spoken of throughout the world. Let's pray. Father, again, we just thank you for your goodness today. God, I thank you for the opportunity to to preach your word and and to share, Father. And I pray that your Holy Spirit does the work today. You speak through me, and Lord, let me be a mouthpiece for the gospel of Jesus in Orchardville Church. Father, I just pray right now for a blessing upon this, God, and and let it touch hearts, touch our church uh, and our communities. Father, I just praise you and I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if you didn't catch on as we read that, Paul had never visited the Roman church. He had never seen the believers at Rome, yet here he is writing to them in this passage of Scripture, and he's he's figuring out what's what's the best way to reach them and express his reason for writing to them. How could he pique their interest enough in, in such a way that would cause them to read what he was writing to them and to also pay attention to it? And this is what this passage is talking about, that Paul wanted the Roman believers to know that he had great interest in them, even though he had not met them. So he's writing to them, he's sharing this with them, and he was writing to them because that was his only option. He couldn't do anything else in that moment. But Paul was also compelled, which we all should be, to share the gospel. He was enslaved to it. He, he, he had to share the gospel no matter what way he could do it. He wanted to share, even if it was the capital of the world in Rome itself, he wanted to share with them. And this, this church in Rome was a great church. It was so great that Paul thanked God for the church. How often? Always. And he hadn't even met them. Hadn't even been with them. 
And the word always used here shows us that the church had a very special place in his heart. And again, it's very important to see that because he had never been to this church. He had never been there. He had never fellowshiped with them personally. He only knew what he had heard about. He only knew about this church from what he had heard about. Now, I reached out to a few people, and I may forget answers, but about what did you hear about Orchardville Church before you came? That can be scary to do. Because, believe it or not, not everything you hear about Orchardville Church was always good. I said was always good. I believe it is. So as I reached out, you know, some said that we heard you had a good youth program and things for kids. You know, that can make a great a church great. Or I did it again almost. Uh, some mentioned uh, that the first time they didn't really feel that welcomed. But they came back and the love is different. Right? Some said uh, we came at one time. And our kids got snatched from us right off the bat. It was awkward and different and weird, kind of. But they understood. But there's different way, reasons, you know, people talk about, what did you hear about Orchardville Church? And I could go around this room and ask many of you in here, I might even put my family on the spot. I'm talking about you, Erica. <laughs> She's looking at Bryden like, what, man? But different reasons that people say why they came out here, what they heard about us. And again, it's not always good. We're not perfect. Things happen. Uh, There's forgiveness. There's restoration. There's redeeming love of God. So what those are, though, when we go out in the community, and if I would go up to people in town and say, what have you heard about Orchardville Church? Especially if they didn't know me. That would be real interesting. But going around just asking people about our church before they got here, before they were a part of us. And again, what those are are testimonies from people about what they've heard. Testimonies of what they've heard about us. The testimony of this church for Christ here that we're reading about was so strong that it was being talked about all throughout the world, okay? It had a tremendous testimony, and wherever Paul traveled, he heard about the strength of this church. So what makes a church great? The first thing that we're going to talk about this this week, this morning, is our testimony. And yes, all the answers you, you guys gave can be piled into that as well. Of course, we want God in the middle of all we're doing. We know that. We want to love, but our testimony, we're going to talk about that this morning. Our testimony is one of the things that makes our church great. What made the church at Rome so strong? A couple different things that I want to draw out of this scripture about the church in Rome. They were li- the, the believers there were living in one of the, the most immoral, unjust societies known to man. Sound familiar? We're in it now. Yet, in the middle of all that in Rome, the church there was strong. 
in the middle of it. It was great. And we know that we as believers in Jesus are actually the church. I'm the church. You're the church. We are the church of Jesus. The people of Rome were known for their immorality, being in the flesh, their drunkenness, their partying, their gluttony, their extravagance, their, their materialism and greed and selfishness. All these things, the pride, the sin, the wickedness, this is what Rome was known for. And that was that city's testimony. That's what everybody knew and everybody heard about. But that wasn't true of the church there. They were living different. They were strong in the midst of that stuff. We need to be strong in the midst of what's going on in the world right now. We need to take a stand and be firm in our faith and stand out like a lighthouse amongst all the trash that's going on right now. Okay? So the believers here that Paul's writing to were standing firm for Christ and living pure lives, proclaiming the gospel of Jesus in the midst of this and the need for morality and justice among the people. Also, they were serving Christ faithfully and laboring each day for the Lord. They were serving him faithfully and laboring each day for the Lord, not just on a Sunday or Wednesday. Each day, laboring each day for the Lord. Wherever they were, at home or as they were traveling, they were sharing Christ and ministering to people. What a great example. So much so that some of them were known by name all around the world. And Paul himself had apparently run across quite a few of them as he was traveling and ministering to people as well. And I believe this church that he's writing to is a great testimony for every church. It's a great testimony for us this morning that no matter how immoral our world gets, no matter how corrupt the government may get, no matter how sick things get with things that are being handed down and shown to our kids, no matter how corrupt things are, no matter how bad it may continue to go, we are to be a lighthouse and stand firm on the gospel of Jesus in the midst of it. Amen. What an example. What a testimony. Romans 12, 2 says, And do not be conformed to this world. We are not to be like the world at all. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good, that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We are to prove it, not be conformed to the world. We are to prove the goodness of God. 2 Corinthians 6, 17 and 18 says, Therefore come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean and I will receive you. I will be a father to you and you shall... Be be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. And then finally, 1 John 2, 15, 16. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. If you're involved in things right now that are of the world, the love of the Father is not in you. That's just the Bible right there. Okay? For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father but is of the world. So no matter where we are as the church, home or traveling away on business, walking into our schools for our children, ball, ball games, Walmart, we are to be witnessing 
and ministering for Christ everywhere we go. We witness for him by loving people, by not being like the world, by sharing our testimony. How many of you in here have a testimony of what God did in your life? I should see every hand go up in here, right? By being like Jesus, because as we do that consistently, it shares our personal testimony with everyone around us. They come to know who we are because of him. It's our personal testimony. And it also shares Orchardville Church's testimony to our communities. That's how they come to know us. Because we are a part of this local body of believers here. We want people to say that Orchardville Church is a great church with great people who walk out what they say they believe. We want that reputation in the communities. We want to glorify God. And we want people to know that we're about his business here on this earth. That's one of the things that makes a great church is its testimony. What are the people in Wayne City and Flora and Fairfield and Xenia and Orchardville and Salem, what are the people in those communities saying about us as a church? What's our testimony? What are they saying about you as a believer? I used to tease the kids in youth group that I was going to show up at their school and ask all the teachers if they were displaying the love of Christ. And they said, you wouldn't really do that. I said, yes, I would. (laughs) But that's the same for us here in this building right now, in this sanctuary. If I went to your jobs, if I went to your families and just asked them, what can you tell me about so-and-so? Because I'm praying that they are showing you the love of Jesus. I'm praying that they are being a lighthouse in the midst of all the turmoil and struggle in the world right now. And I pray also, if I were to do that, I pray it's a testimony of God's goodness on your life and the love that he has for you and that people around you right now are seeing it in your words and actions. And again, I know we're not all perfect, but we are to be different, okay? The Holy Spirit, who resides in us as we believe on Jesus, enables me and it enables you to go out and be a testimony for God. He does. We have the power to be a witness for Jesus wherever we go. Wherever we go. Acts 1.8 tells us this, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. That pretty much tells me wherever I go, I am to be a witness for Jesus. No matter what situation at my job happens, I am to be a witness for Jesus. No matter how many people in my family are against God, I am to be a witness for Jesus. 2 Timothy 1.8 Therefore do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor me nor of me, his prisoner, but share with me in the sufferings for the gospel according to the power of God. In 1 Peter 3.15, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness 
and fear. Again, every church across the world and every believer should have a strong testimony, a testimony so strong that it is talked about everywhere. I pray when, people, when Orchardville Church comes across the mouths of people in our communities right now, it speaks of God and his goodness and his love. I want, don't you want people to say about you, I mean, of course, everything pointing to Jesus, that you're a strong believer? Don't you want that kind of testimony as people talk about you, as your name comes across their lips? You know, I can walk through, I always get in trouble when I come down. But I can walk through here and talk with people and say, you guys know Ryder Chambliss? And, and I pray, again, each one of us, in Ryder's heart and mind, the way he's been living and his testimony, people would say, Ryder's a man of God. And I see that, I see that at his job with us. I see that in his family. Man, he walks it out. Isn't that what we want as believers? We don't want the other side of that. This is just in love. As we go around and I'm, I'm looking at people, and Connie's a, an angel, so we all know she's an angel. <laughs> but we don't want the other side of that, like, hey, uh, you know, I, I got this lady that goes to my church. Her name's Connie Lewis. And they said, oh, she goes to church? Wow, she's one of the meanest ladies I've ever met in my life. And we laugh because we know she's sweet, but unfortunately, that's reality sometimes. Is when people talk about, oh, did you know so-and-so goes to that church? The other side of that is people say, no, I had no clue. I had no clue by what I see and what I hear and how they display themselves. I have no clue that person goes to church. That hurts. That would hurt me as a believer, that nobody knew I put my faith in Jesus, that nobody knew my actions and my words lined up with that. That would crush me as a believer. And that should be the same for all of us, that we don't want somebody, we don't want to give God's love a bad name or a bad taste in somebody's mouth. And again, I know we're not perfect, but it should be evident to everyone around you, even the people you don't know, that you serve the Lord in your actions, at ball games, wherever it is, you are an example, not only for Orchardville Church and your faith as a believer, but for, you're an example to God. You are a witness for him. And if what you're showing does not attract people to him, you have a problem. Because the love of Jesus draws people in, doesn't turn them off to the gospel. It draws them in. Oh. If somebody says, you know Rick Hayes, outside of the goofiness and funny and wild, and I want positive things about the Lord to be said. And I don't want it to be until after I pass away and you're talking to me over a, over a casket. Because everybody gets super nice when that happens. Speaking from pretty recent experience, all of a sudden... 
we say nice things or we, we say nice things to the family or all of a sudden that person was so great even though we know sometimes I'm not sure if they knew the Lord. I want positive things to be said about us as Orchardville Church and said about us as believers that our lives, our lives reflect Jesus and his love. That we, that we exemplify the character traits of Jesus in all that we do. Can we all get better? Yes. Jesus was the only perfect one to walk this earth. We are trying to be like him, but we do stumble and fall. But for the most part, our testimony to people, they should testify and give evidence to our relationship of God. And that's what they should talk about with us as a church and individuals. Acts 16, 2. He, meaning Timothy, was well spoken of by the brethren who were at Lystra and Iconium. Romans 16, 19, for your obedience has become known to all. Therefore, I am glad on your behalf, but I want you to be wise in what is good and simple concerning evil. And then Hebrews eleven two, for by it the elders obtained a good testimony. I've mentioned this before that, that things are so crazy and things are so, times are so desperate right now that we, we have to be known by our love. We have to be known by our love throughout this world because there's so many people that are on a path right now that is heading straight for hell. How many of those people can we reach in our own little life circle for Jesus just by sharing our testimony of his goodness in our life? If our praise team would come back up. Again, what makes a church great? The first thing that we're hitting on today is our testimony. And again, a testimony is a public confession of your faith journey and your relationship with God, letting people know who Jesus is to you, to us as a church. And it's real simple to think about. Pre-Jesus, I was a bad dude. I was messed up in some things. This is my testimony. This is the thing I need to share with people. I was messed up. I was depressed. I had anxiety. I had suicidal thoughts. I had problems with lust. And then post-Jesus, I come to know him. He changed me. He freed me from all my sin and the guilt and, and the feelings of not being loved and not wanted. He changed me and transformed me into a new creation by what he did for me on the cross. I'm forgiven. I, I have value in my life. And that's my testimony to share with people. That I was once this way, and now Jesus changed me. And some people can't even believe that. Aaron just mentioned a while back, we had a, we had a visitor here that he knew Aaron, pre-Jesus. And he said something to this effect. If Jesus can change you, he can change anyone. Amen. That's a testimony. That's a testimony. How we were before and how Jesus transforms us. To testify to something means a person gives testimony to something they've witnessed. 
there's proof or there's evidence that you are who you say you are. Or there's proof or evidence that you're not who you say you are. And again, we don't want to be on that side of things. We don't want to be on the side of, I'm giving Jesus a bad name right now because my life doesn't line up with the love of Christ. My life isn't lining up with what he did for me. And really, I'm, I'm not a good testimony of all, at all of who he is. Like, I'm, I'm messing up right now in life. I've continued to mess up in life, and, and, and I know it. People around me wouldn't tell my pastor that I know Jesus because they don't see it. So this morning as you stand, what's your testimony to those people in your circle of life right now? What's your testimony to them? What would they testify to seeing in you right now? And in turn with that, what does that say about the testimony of Orchardville Church? And I'll be the first one to tell you that I fail daily. I fail daily at this, that there's times that I have to repent and ask forgiveness for things. I did that up here last week. We all have that. But the thing is, we have to understand that our life right now is speaking to people whether we know it or not. You say, I'm just my own person. It doesn't matter what I do. Who cares? They can just leave me alone. It matters because you're a child of God. If you confess Jesus as your Savior, your mission is to win people to him. It's plain and simple. We are to win people to Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit drawing them, but what they see is us. We are the light that walks around that attracts people and brings them out of darkness. The light of Jesus inside of us. So I'm asking you this morning, how's your testimony? How's your testimony lately? Are there things you need to repent of? Are there things like, man, I'm worried, Rick. If you came to my job right now, I would not want you to talk to people I, I work with. Let's get that turned around. Let's not be ashamed of what Jesus has done in your life. Let's do our best to live for him. And let our testimony speak of our great God. All right? Father, we bow our heads and pray. Father, I just pray right now, Lord, that each one of us, each one of us in here, Father, just reflects on what we're doing as we, as we raise our kids. Our kids, God, that are, that are looking to us for guidance. They're looking to us for direction. They're looking to us for spiritual wisdom. What are we instilling in them, Father? What are they going to testify to as they get older? That my mom and dad served the Lord with everything they had, or my mom and dad really didn't talk about faith in our house. It wasn't a part of me growing up. Father, convict us right now to raise our kids with the testimony of your goodness in our life as parents. Father, right now in our jobs, Lord, I pray right now that we walk into our jobs this week different because we are remembering who you are in our life and we want our testimony to speak of your goodness. We want our words, we want our actions to be a reflection of the love that's in our heart right now. Father, I pray right now, if people are struggling with what their testimony is right now, people would testify to the evidence. Father, that's there or not there, I pray right now that you just bring conviction 
on their hearts, Father, to a place where they kneel down, Lord, and ask for forgiveness. Ask for forgiveness, Father, for not for not walking in your ways, for not showing people the goodness of God. Lord, if there's anybody dealing with that or anybody in here this morning that doesn't know you, I pray they come. And they come, Father. And that our testimony, individually and as a church, is talked about all throughout our communities, that they see it and we walk it out. Just pray right now for the Holy Spirit to move on people's lives, that you saturate this place, Father, with your love, and let us draw close to you in this moment right here as we worship and pray. In Jesus' name, amen.
been a few people come and say, Lord, my testimony hasn't been what it needs to be. I know there's more. I know there's more. And I was just teasing about coming to your jobs and things like that. You know, you already know in your heart if what you've been saying and what you've been doing has been exemplifying the love of God. You know, because the Holy Spirit already, already pricked your heart and let you know in the midst of this morning that the Lord isn't placed above everything else so far. And he wants complete surrender for us and from us. Complete surrender. My life is yours, God. Use me in any way you want to use me. Interrupt my day if you need to interrupt my day so I can bring glory to you. So I pray right now that more will respond, Lord, that we want to be lights in our homes and in our workplaces. We want to win people to you, Father, because in reality, if they don't know you, they are headed to hell right now. And Lord, I pray that burden is put on all of us. And Lord, that we have to be compelled to tell them about Jesus. Just like Paul, we are compelled to share the love of Christ. Lord, put that in us. Put a fire in us for that God. Lord, I just pray right now. I pray right now that you just bring them in, Father. Bring them in right now. Lord, let them come down to this altar and just confess things to you and turn things over to you. And Father, that they'd walk out of this place with a new boldness and courage to testify of who you are. I praise you and I thank you right now. Amen. The earth shall soon dissolve